You are listening to the Blockchain Dialogues podcast. All views expressed on this show are for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as financial advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blockchain Dialogues podcast with your hosts Krishna and Nikhil. In this podcast series, we analyze the various cutting-edge technologies and projects in the field of blockchains, distributed ledger technologies, and cryptocurrencies. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the logistics and supply chain management systems being used in various businesses around the world, and how blockchain as a technology is solving real-world problems to make these systems more efficient and reliable. Blockchain technology today is being used in everything from tracing the origin and supply of diamonds to ensuring the safety of meats and other perishables in the food industry. It is today being used by various logistics service providers, trucking and freight carriers for everything from data authentication to ensuring that the transport records are tamper-proof at every point. So in this episode, we're going to be looking at the various public blockchain solutions that are addressing the various pain points in logistics and supply chain environments. We're going to be discussing some of the enterprise solutions that are being used in the industry today. And also we're going to be touching upon some of the shortcomings of blockchain-based solutions in supply chain ecosystems to separate hype from reality. So with that, Nikhil, would you like to start off with a brief overview on blockchain logistics and supply chain management? Sure, okay. So uh, let's start with the supply chain, right? So what do we talk, what, what do we understand by supply chain? So supply chain quite simply comprises of, of all aspects of a product cycle from origin to end user and consumption. For example, from farm to fork, right? From the time that your uh, a fish was caught in the ocean to the time it ends up in your plate in a restaurant. So logistics, on the other hand, relates to just one component of that supply chain. And it's primarily focused on the efficient uh, product movement uh, from one point to another, so, such as from a manufacturer to a retail store, right? Uh, or from the warehouse to a retail store, or from the uh, e-commerce warehouse to your uh, doorstep. So, so why is basically blockchain so exciting or people so excited about blockchain in, uh, in the supply chain field, right? So one of the things about supply chain is one of the few uh, kind of industries where or domains where you have a lot of different players having to work together uh, in order for uh, a product to move from origin to end user right so you have uh, you have the producers right the manufacturers or the farmers or the fishermen you have the transporters who move, move it from there you have wholesalers who actually deal with the product in bulk, then you have uh, warehouses in which this is stored, then you have uh, retailers that actually buy the bulk items and then convert it into uh, retail items and then finally you have the consumer and oftentimes if it's a, a complicated product like a car, then it's even beyond that, right? So you have the resale of the car and then you have the disposal of the car and then in through all of this you have multiple other uh, interested uh, bodies as well. So if you're transporters across international boundaries, you would have the government uh, customs involved. Uh, you would have uh, various environmental agencies involved, regulatory 
compliance, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's an entire economic activity. So you would have, there is also the whole field of supply chain finance, right? So in all of this, basically, quite naturally, there is a lot of uh, data fragmentation and data silos. A lot of things are right now done uh, on paper, uh, using uh, manually, and uh, there's obviously a lot of data duplication and uh, invariably in all of this uh, disputes arise, delays arise, and uh, there is a lot of inefficiency. So uh, blockchains, uh, one of the most lauded benefits of the blockchain or distributed ledger technology is in the traceability it can provide. So most of, like I said earlier, most of this is data is fragmented uh, and uh, you don't have uh, clear visibility into what is happening in each one of these data silos, right? If you bring it all into the blockchain, you have one global ledger on which you can track it. Um, you can, it can be anything, diamonds, turkey, uh, parcels, pretty much anything that changes hands multiple times, uh, invariably loses the origin or travel data somewhere along the chain. And uh, basically the business uh, and enterprises are looking at blockchains as a as kind of like a panacea to solve this uh, problem, right? Um, and how uh, also, so one of the things that you could argue is that a lot of the things uh, involves data entry and, you know, if, if your data entry mechanism is, uh, is uh, manual, then there is our error prone, then the blockchain cannot help you. So the whole problem of the first mile of data. And this is, you'll find uh, in a lot of cases where a lot, the innovation extends beyond just the blockchain. It's usually blockchain in combination with some sort of automation or some sort of IoT, right? Where you have uh, sensors that are uh, being, uh, uh, sensor technology being brought in and uh, products uh, being tagged with chips or uh, with some sort of uh, you know, code which can be used for uh, or which can be automatically scanned and then the data directly gets into the blockchain so which reduces a lot of the uh, manual data entry so uh, when you look at uh, supply chain uh, so the, one of the main areas again is product life cycle tracking right so that's a very fancy term of saying that uh, how can you track a product from its origin to its disposal, right? Now, in the case of uh, food items, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you grow the item or you catch the item from somewhere or kill the item somewhere. And uh, the disposal is when uh, a consumer consumes that particular food product. But you also have uh, other items. Uh, again, a classic example is a, a plastic, say, or a computer laptop. Uh, you can have uh, Apple creating its Mac in China. Uh, it is using, uh, you know, uh, proprietary technology and proprietary materials, very uh, high-end materials. Uh, that is then taken to uh, the states or uh, other countries and sold. And the consumer basically uses that laptop. After some time, they may decide to sell that laptop for a newer model uh, second-hand uh, market comes in over there, so you have second-hand Apple laptops which are refurbished and sold again. 
And then finally, uh, once it gets uh, to a particular condition where nobody wants it, Apple actually offers a uh, buyback pro uh, a program where you can actually return the laptop to the Apple Genius stores and they would then uh, responsibly dispose of the laptop in the sense that they would then strip it off the recyclable parts and then the recyclable material is then used in the in the latest Macs again, right? So this is essentially an entire product lifecycle tracking. And uh, in, all of, in this particular lifecycle tracking, you have the recording, which is essentially the quantity and transfer of assets as they move through the supply chain, uh, which is essentially logistics. Uh, you have uh, assigning, so you say essentially you have uh, you know uh, the certification of a product or you basically have uh, say Apple basically saying that okay this is the original Apple product and stuff, uh, stuff like that. Then uh, obviously you have the action of uh, assigning a barcode or some kind of unique code to the product so that they can be tracked. And then finally you have the sharing of that information uh, between uh, parties. So uh, one of the exciting things about blockchain is that uh, you could probably, uh, you could, there, there is a lot of uh, talk about and a lot of thought put into how this information can be shared with the customer. So how, how can the customer get visibility into the origin of the product and the uh, provenance of the product, right? This is this may not be that in, in important for Apple laptops, but you know uh, a, a classic example would be organic food or you know uh, diamonds that were bought from uh, a retailer when they when people want to make sure that they are not you know illegal diamonds or conflict diamonds. Uh, so these these are all uh, all kind of side areas or areas that blockchains can touch. When, when, when you take the product lifecycle tracking use case. Another key use case in supply chain is the uh, liquidity use case, right? So supply chain finance. So in all of this, like we said, we're talking about multiple parties across around the world uh, having to uh, collaborate with each other. And obviously there is uh, money being changed, changing hands. So uh, there are in, inevitably there are disputes, there is delays uh, in uh, uh, in the settlement of money, and this is again another place where blockchains can come in and you know using smart contracts and escrow systems uh, kind of reduce the uh, chances of dispute and increase the efficiency and promptness in which liquidity is provided. Great. So I think that that's a pretty good overview of uh, all the various steps in the logistics and supply chain environment as you mentioned in detail. All the various steps where uh, blockchain can really add value and how it can uh, make the systems a lot more efficient than they are today. Uh, you touched upon you know some of the use cases uh, you mentioned about the blood diamonds. So with that I guess I'll, I'll just quickly make a mention of some of the industry partnerships that are already in place, some of the companies that are actually already they've gone ahead and they're using blockchain technology uh, in their operations. So the first one being uh, De Beers, uh, like you said, you know, De Beers is a South African diamond company, which has actually created a solution called Tracer. It is spelled as T-R-A-C-R, which is an end-to-end -end diamond tracing solution. Isn't De Beers like one of the largest uh, diamond companies in the world? 
it is it is i i believe it is th- like the second largest uh, but the largest in africa i believe if if i'm if i'm not wrong but like yeah they're, like they're they're as big as big can get <laughs> so uh, just about 6 months back uh, they launched a pilot with alrosa which is the world's second largest diamond manufacturing and mining company which is based in russia and also with signet jewelers which is the world's largest diamond retailer uh and so with tracer they are basically using blockchain technology to trace the origin and supply of these diamonds end to end and the goal here is to ensure that the diamond that's coming into the supply is not from conflict zones uh these have also been called blood diamonds traditionally and there was even a popular movie based on it called blood diamond uh featuring leonardo dicaprio uh which highlighted how diamonds from conflict zones make their way into mainstream supply and how this feeds into greater conflicts in these countries so the goal with tracer uh, here is to ensure that you can trace a diamond end to end through its entire supply chain also just want to quickly mention another company called everledger which is uh, a sort of a competition to tracer but they are also moving into other markets such as tracking other gemstones that currently tracer system is not doing uh and apart from diamonds they also track the supply chain of many other products such as fine wines or for verification of authenticity of fine arts and many other use cases so uh, it's it's interesting you talk about this just one thought that uh, occurred to me so dibias essentially has a tagline that says diamonds are forever okay and then right. so so it it sound it, it was very funny to hear them say that okay now not only the diamonds the provenance of the diamonds and the uh, tracking of the diamonds are now forever recorded as well right <laughs> makes a lot so, of sense here yeah. yeah yeah so yeah you know something pretty similar you know in, in the same domain i would say uh, another uh, notable example of a company that is using uh, you know blockchain technology to track and record all the data is a big mining company called bhp billiton and they are actually the world's largest mining company uh and i i believe they are from australia if i'm if i if i'm not mistaken and uh what they're doing is they're, they're basically using blockchain technology to track the supply chain of all the various metals and minerals that they mine uh the third example that i want to give is that of walmart china and uh, they just launched a pilot a few months back using wechain's technology to ensure food safety when it comes to meat vegetables and other products you know uh, uh, in the food chain uh, uh, food food safety thing this actually reminds me i, I think this is no this is a field where uh, especially in the developed world uh, this is uh, the this is taken food safety is taken extremely seriously right and uh, we have had uh, recalls that have plagued the food world for years right they were last year i think they were uh, recently i think i'm not sure if it was last year or the year before that there were at least three separate e coli outbreaks uh, in just romaine lettuce in the us right and uh, they had a, a challenging time and they had to recall all the romaine lettuce and they weren't sure about the source of which uh, of these romaine lettuces until december when the romaine harvests were all well finished and completed and there was nothing that could be done so uh, you know uh, it's it's interesting uh, we walmart china is using wechain technology walmart's also uh, partnered with ibm 
and uh, they're creating a consortium. It's known as the Food Chain Network uh, or the Food Safety Network, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where uh, they're trying to get uh, you know retailers around the world to participate in uh, uh, in creating a blockchain-based solution for uh, tracking food. I completely agree. That's a great point. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, going forward, retailers like Walmart are actually going to take this specific use case very seriously because especially in, you know, in this part of the world, in, in the US, I would say in the last five years, there have been many different outbreaks of E. coli or something else. And uh, food safety is actually seen as something very serious. And if if they can figure a lot of these systems out and make different parties responsible at, you know, at various points through the supply chain to trace back to, you know, where the contamination happened, uh, that would really be a good advertising point, you know, for any of these companies like Walmart. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so that, that's, that's definitely a use case that I think is uh, going to stay. Uh, another example that I just want to touch upon is that of Musk and IBM. Uh, Maersk, as we know, is one of the largest shipping companies in the world. And uh, they came together with IBM to create a cross-border blockchain solution called TradeLens. And just about a couple of months back, they recruited two of the largest ocean shipping carriers in the world to use their platform. Uh, these are actually CMA CGM, which is a French company, and MSC, which is the Mediterranean shipping company. Um, and Nikhil, I, I guess the, just a couple of months back, they, they had like another big deal, you know, where uh, they, I guess they signed up another nine global ocean carriers. No, so, so actually it was not exactly the same thing. So, so uh, it's interesting, uh, this actually, this particular area actually highlights another problem or challenge with, you know, uh, the realities of supply chain. And uh, that is essentially around uh, the validity of uh, uh, or rather the competition between uh, players in the in the space right so here you have uh, Maersk which is uh, like the largest uh, shipping company in the world and they've gone ahead and created this uh, uh, consortium uh, with a blockchain solution called TradeLens and they are trying to recruit uh, the other shipping carriers and uh, you know in, to, in towards the end of 2018 there was another uh, uh, another consortium that came up uh, called uh, the Global Shipping uh, Network, right? And uh, the Global Shipping Network basically uh, was uh, created almost as a uh, reaction to this particular uh, effort by Maersk. And uh, they had nine global carriers join them. And uh, uh, kind of, they are also now creating a uh, competing standard or a competing uh, blockchain solution. And it kind of highlights uh, one of the fundamental challenges with uh, uh, bringing blockchains into the supply chain. And uh, that is basically uh, getting competitors to cooperate, right? And this is not something that is specific to uh, blockchains uh, or uh, the it's not anything specific to try in any any particular use case where you have uh, competitive or competitors who have to then collaborate or exchange data there's a lot of distrust and uh, and uh, there is this feeling that you know that uh, they would be losing some sort of competitive edge by doing so 
uh, in fact famously uh, amazon the largest one of the, the largest e-commerce carriers has uh, one of their uh, businesses is uh, amazon web services which is a cloud uh, it infrastructure offering and you will not find any retailer uh, using that particular uh, offering mainly because they feel that you know by doing so they are just giving money to their competitor right so it's it's a similar kind of a, a thought uh, and it it harks back to the 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 reality and the challenge of uh, building consortiums and uh, getting uh, people to participate in in these kind of enterprise blockchain solutions right that that's a great point i mean like like you very correctly mentioned uh, you know on paper uh, having a consortium based blockchain and you know having certain companies to participate and be a part of that consortium it it looks great but when it comes to actual practicality the economics take over right and you know competition among these companies and you know whether they want to be a part of the consortium and actually feed into you know profits for their competition all of that game theory economics comes in <laughs> at that point <laughs> absolutely so yeah i mean th- th- that's a great point and you know you mentioned about the uh, the shipping carriers the ocean carriers uh, moving from that alliance uh, let's move on to another alliance which is the trucking alliance and uh, you know the so there's this big alliance called uh, beta which is headquartered in chattanooga tennessee in the us and it stands for blockchain and trucking alliance Uh, this is a consortium of trucking, logistics, and freight carrier companies, which currently includes the likes of UPS, FedEx, Home Depot, Target, British Petroleum, and more than a hundred other companies. So the alliance today is pretty big, and I read somewhere that Beta members, as of today, account for more than eighty-five percent of all the trucking-related transactions in the world. So they are a pretty big alliance, and the objective basically here is to use. blockchain technology to make the systems more traceable reliable and cost effective so with that i'll i would just want to take a few steps deeper into the trucking and logistics use case specifically absolutely so, you know with the you know onset of i mean with the advent of blockchain technology uh there are many different ways in which the logistics industry can use this technology to make its operations better uh the first real value that you know blockchain adds to this ecosystem is that it makes it easier to track shipments you know it makes it a lot better than before so right now even though transportation companies have invested heavily into better shipment tracking using traditional technologies there are still many lapses you know that happen due to misinterpretations or manipulations of data all through the value chain so with implementation of blockchain technology tracking would become a lot more accurate and cheaper also there are shipments today that require monitoring of temperature sensitive you know parameters so like for example uh you know you, it might be a pharmaceutical shipment or some other shipment where the temperature is sensitive for example so, meat absolutely you know the the meat you know uh, like there, there are a lot of standards that uh, companies have to meet currently you know like they they cannot freeze or one specific uh, you know shipment of meat and then uh, defrost it and then again freeze it i mean i guess all of this it it uh, it adds to the uh, complexity of the whole thing 
complexity of the whole thing and even with regard to compliance in, in various jurisdictions uh, you know around the world they have Absolutely. to label the products accordingly you know whether this was previously frozen or whether it was you know uh, whether it was frozen more than once so all of that especially in the in the meat industry it, it becomes very valid so um, you know there are a lot of use cases where uh, temperature sensitive uh, sensitivity uh, can be tracked through various kinds of sensors and you know that data can be stored directly on the blockchain so not just temperature you know if you if you look at some other applications maybe uh, some other sensors would track uh, parameters like humidity or the location and you know all these various parameters as as the shipment moves from point a to point b just another example that i just wanted to mention as i mentioned earlier about the pharmaceutical shipments uh, there's this company called skycell which is tracking all of these parameters for pharmaceutical shipments that are temperature sensitive and they need to be tracked all the way you know from point a to point b so basically you know with with that blockchain tech can be used you know to store this data on a immutable ledger all throughout the shipment process and this data basically you know is reliable and cannot be tampered with uh, another use case that i just want to quickly mention is that of gathering data about vehicles in your fleet so this is again like like this specific to the logistics industry right so you can use a blockchain based system to better track all the data about the health of your trucks and other vehicles in your fleet so to a degree companies like carfax in the us currently do this in order to provide such data to buyers and sellers of vehicles but with blockchain tech and iot devices such information gathered about the vehicles can be a lot more detailed and accurate um you know actually i want to just quickly interject here so so this is actually very interesting uh, thing because you can imagine you know where uh, situations where you can have uh, the onboard diagnostics of your truck to be right. fed in right and uh, you can basically have something where you have uh, you know your uh, uh, speed of your truck and uh, maybe there is uh, 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 even gps locations so that uh, being fed in so that you know uh, often times you might have people who are over speeding or who are uh, uh, you know go- going out of their assigned routes right, uh, right. you know significantly out of their assigned routes uh, uh, and those kind of uh, inconsistencies or uh, fraud can be kind of tracked uh, so so you know if if the uh, driver basically claims to have completed so many miles but actually uh, has gone significantly more or significantly less it's easier to find out um, so yeah so there's there's i think uh, and and the the where where blockchain actually comes into this is that uh, if you connect it to the blockchain basically the uh, potential or the chance of uh, uh, the drivers the malicious drivers to kind of try to manipulate the data Uh, at after the fact after they've uh, parked the truck or something uh, becomes much reduced that's a great point you mentioned because you know as of right now there are many different kinds of companies that actually use such devices so like for example you have insurance companies car insurance companies in the us today that uh, give the option to their customers to install these devices you know where uh, basically they track your driving style right are you braking too often or are you speeding or are you uh, you know are you driving your car through too many potholes so it basically gathers all of this data 
and it sort of uh, helps the insurance company decide whether you're a good driver or a bad driver uh, so uh, you know that is one kind of company that already does this it's just that you know they do it with their own centralized system and then there are some other companies which help you you know with trying to understand the health of your own vehicle better so like they will provide you a device that you can plug into the diagnostics board of your computer of your car and it would uh, basically gather data about all the various parameters in your car and you know when something would require maintenance or how healthy the different systems in your car are so this would basically allow you to uh, reduce the cost you know and and to get a better idea of what kind of cost to expect you know in 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 the coming future for the maintenance of your vehicle so uh, i guess you know if if these like you correctly pointed out you know if if these sort of systems can start to use blockchain as as a medium of storing this data then uh, you could eliminate you know the the situation where uh, drivers or vehicle owners try to manipulate this data later on because uh, i believe you know a lot of this does not get transmitted in real time uh, there are probably devices that that do communicate in real time as well but uh, you know you you could eliminate those possibilities of manipulation with that data after it has been recorded so that, that, that that's a great point you mentioned um so with that i'll i'll just jump into another use case you know which is about uh, the carrier onboarding so again specific to the logistics industry uh, let's say you have a truck which is currently not utilized to its fullest capacity and the trucking company wants to reach its full capacity so it can basically look for other shipments to pick up in real time right so if this data is over a decentralized ledger which is impossible to falsify and easy to verify the truck can onboard new shipments much better in real time than 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 what it is able to do today so um, that's one use case you know where carrier onboarding can be uh, made more efficient uh next is that of making load boards more reliable so basically trucking companies uh, can post time stamped loads which are recorded and verified over the blockchain in real time since uh, blockchain reduces the possibility of falsified or duplicated data companies can remove middlemen or brokers that they currently use to manage load boards in in their existing systems so that that's another use case you know where the load boards can be automated and uh, you can remove the middleman you know uh, who might bring in manipulation or inefficiency in 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 the in the recording of data uh and the next use case is of course uh, the usage of smart contracts to automate a lot of steps so like we know blockchains are programmable and you can write smart contracts to automate many different tasks all along the value chain and remove many administrative steps that are currently being done manually so with this sort of automation you can cut down costs you can remove middlemen and of course you know that that's that's one of the big advantages that blockchain offers us uh the next point is is that of liquidity as as nikhil mentioned right at the beginning in the overview uh it refers to liquidity of money in in the in the logistics finance so currently you have systems where a lot of funds get tied up in various supply chain and logistics uh, ecosystems due to inefficiencies in settlements a lot of this can be streamlined and payments can be automated across the value chain through the usage of smart contracts and so this will basically decrease lags and delays 
in the various administrative processes for release of funds at different points. So with that, uh, you can uh, you know increase the liquidity of the money that is flowing through the entire ecosystem uh, if if you could just automate these various steps of payments. So I guess that that sort of covers some of the basic use cases in the logistics industry. You know where blockchains can make a real impact. That's great, KK. So I think uh, so uh, we've looked at uh, a lot of the business cases in the domains and. Uh, uh, I think uh, there's a lot of promising uh, places where blockchains can be applied in supply chain. Um, I think uh, let's let's quickly have a look at uh, some of the popular uh, blockchain startups and blockchain projects and their approach in this ecosystem because I feel some of them have some uh, very interesting ways uh, in which they've uh, tried to apply blockchain and IoT to solve you know real world supply chain management problems. Sure, sure. Like you very correctly mentioned, like most of these projects that that we'll look into, they integrate blockchain with different kinds of IoT applications to solve existing real-world problems. Uh, the first one that I just want to touch upon is uh, Walton Chain. Uh, Walton Chain is actually a project that looks to serve the use cases of tracking products through their life cycle, from beginning to end as they move through the entire supply chain. Their tagline is bridging physical and virtual ecosystems uh, and they are more focused on b2b applications versus b2c so they state that their goal is basically supply chain management using rfid on the blockchain rfid as we know stands for radio frequency identification rfid chips are basically those small chips that are stuck on products that can be scanned using radio waves using a scanner so walton chain itself is actually named after charles walton who invented the RFID technology somewhere back in 1980s. And uh, as of today, it is a blockchain company that has their own proprietary RFID chips and scanners that they use to track what happens with all the various products you know, as they move through the whole supply chain. Uh, in the early days, they were a ERC-20 token. I guess, you know, that, that was the time they needed to raise funds. Uh, and But their mainnet, it went live in March of 2018. Uh, with their own chain and now they're completely separate from ethereum and uh, walton chain i believe follows the masternode architecture with two levels of nodes operating with different responsibilities in the network so for example you would have a masternode for something like warehousing another masternode for production another for logistics and another masternode for store management and below each of these masternodes you would have several child nodes uh, for example, beneath the warehousing masternode, you would have a child node responsible for inspection of the stock that is coming in into the warehouse, another child node which would give information regarding the storage locations in the warehouse, another child node giving information about inspection of the stock that is going out. So that sort of describes the basic architecture of how Walton Chain works with these two levels of nodes. Uh, moving on to another very popular project in the space, that is VeChain Thor, which was earlier known as simply VeChain, but now they have rebranded themselves to VeChain Thor. So VeChain Thor is a project that emphasizes primarily on the use cases of improving food safety and reducing counterfeit goods. They started off in the early days testing out uh, by putting wines on the blockchain in partnership with China's largest importer of wines, that is DIG, which stands for Direct Imported Goods. 
uh, and it is estimated that they import about 30% of all wine that comes into china so it is estimated that counterfeit wines uh, is about a 3 billion dollar industry across the globe annually uh, so it's 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 pretty a, it's it's a pretty large you know use case it's a pretty large industry one, one would not think that you know just for something like wines uh, it would have uh, you know such a major use case but as we'll see you know many different uh, projects they have actually started off uh, with a foray into the wine industry and trying to make uh, wines more traceable and reliable uh, well, you know it is it is uh, uh, there are a lot of wine connoisseurs in the world sure right so i mean like i guess having greater data about where uh, the wine has been sourced from and how it has moved and it's all also, that information it's also a lot about the uh, you know you know there are so many parameters of a wine right you have the red wine its fruity taste its origin where which year what vineyard there's so there's right. so you can you can go for a if you want to become a wine snob it's quite easy to become <laughs> right so sure. there so so they have a wealth of uh, data that needs to be uh, you know associated to the wine bottle and uh, tracked in an immutable way right along the way if the change is one or two changes it's kind of hard for the you know average person uh, unless you are a extremely sophisticated wine uh, person even them in a lot of cases to find out if it's a counterfeit wine or not right so i guess you know black blockchain technology is like the perfect fit you know for yeah uh, this use case uh, with with you know so many different things that you could track and you could actually sell it as you know uh, an important selling point you know that you right, absolutely and, and and another just like the diamonds wines generally tend to you know age uh, the age of the wine is uh, an indication of their uh, what do you call it exclusivity and their uh, you know so the older the wine the better or the more costly it becomes so right. put, potentially by putting it on a blockchain what they're saying what they're hoping is that you know the uh when the wine actually starts it's uh, when it starts to get get stored today and 50 years from now it is actually opened uh the blockchain basically would be uh, around to kind of uh give them the uh, actual data that was that was actually entered in 50 years ago right, right. may perhaps maybe the original database or maybe the original uh uh Uh, what do you call it a company might have gone out of business but uh, that because of the nature of the blockchain and its distributed nature the data would still be there right makes perfect sense so coming back uh, like we mentioned vechain it started off testing out its technology with wines but as of today it has many more partnerships in the space and it ranges from retailers like walmart to even car manufacturers like bmw or they have this partnership with a chinese electric car manufacturer called byd uh, and many other companies that they have partnerships with so uh, just a few weeks back walmart china had announced that they were launching a food safety platform which is powered by the wechain thor platform so it's nothing but uh, one of those platforms you know where you have a qr code for the customer to scan uh, with their phone or other smart device and it would give them all the information about the product's origin you know when it was moved from where to 
all the way from you know that point to being placed on the shelf so unlike walton chain which is primarily for b2b applications vchain thor also has this b2c component you know where where it gives us information directly to the customer and uh, as of right now walmart has about 23 products that are on their vchain thor powered food safety platform and they estimate that by the end of 2019 they would have close to 100 products and uh, i guess this would account for 50% of their sales of packaged meat 40% of their existing sales for all the packaged vegetables and about 12.5% of all the seafood that they sell uh, and this would be by the end of 2020 so technology wise how they work is that you know all the products in the vchain ecosystem are assigned a unique id to be stored on the blockchain each product is tagged with either a nfc chip or a rfid chip or printed with a qr code nfc stands for near field communication and it basically allows phones tablets and other devices to easily communicate with these tagged devices and just to differentiate between nfc and rfid technology nfc is more or less like rfid but it's just that it works only within 4 inches of proximity so that's basically the reason why you need to hold your phone really close to the reader you know when you're trying to pay using something like apple pay or samsung pay you know which uses nfc technology so this is also you know seen as one of the key advantages of nfc over rfid because of the close proximity you know they they people believe that you know it adds greater security so uh like walton chain vchain also follows a master node architecture you know in this case you have four different kinds of nodes in the vchain ecosystem one of these nodes is the authority node uh, and this is actually the master node and the other three types of nodes are called economic nodes and so these are like child nodes and like most ma- master node architectures anyone in the vchain ecosystem can become an economic node but if you have to become a authority node you you have to have a greater stake in the ecosystem and you also have to pass through certain criteria of achieving a higher reputation so that's why you know in the whole, in the entire vchain ecosystem there are altogether only 101 total authority nodes in total uh, it's a lot like the 101 uh, nodes in the lisk ecosystem so uh, so yeah i mean that that sort of covers the basics of you know what the vchain thor ecosystem looks like and you know what their use cases uh, in in the industry as of today uh some other projects that are worth mentioning one is called wabi w a b i and i guess they do more or less the same things as uh, vchain thor and i believe they have been in the business for like last couple of years uh another one is modem uh another one is ambrosus and uh, also this uh, project called origin trail Nikhil, do you want to quickly touch upon you know Ambrosus and Origin Trail and you know what? Yeah, so um, Ambrosus essentially is pretty much uh, very similar to what uh, uh, VeChain Thor and uh, Alton Chain are doing. I think uh, they also have uh, an an RFC chip. Uh, I think they don't have their own proprietary RFC chip. They are just trying to integrate existing RFC. Uh, you uh, mean uh, RFID, right? Sorry, I'm sorry, uh, RFID, RFID chips. Uh, I I conflated NFC and RFID over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yeah, they 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 use uh, uh, so and 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 basically they come across as a pretty much a clone of uh, whatever VeChain is doing. Uh, I I I wasn't able to see much that was very unique with them. Uh, 
origin trail on the other hand is uh, is, is is interesting because origin trail uh, doesn't call them they don't call themselves product uh, a blockchain uh, system they themselves they basically describe themselves to be a protocol right so the difference being that okay it's more of a specification so they they basically say that using the origin trail protocol you can build a quick uh, easy and effective solution for seamless data exchange between companies with safety and integrity and uh, it enables quick integration with the blockchain to a company's existing systems in a scalable and cost effective manner right uh, so they do actually have an implementation against ethereum but uh, i uh, you get the i got the uh, impression that you know they're uh, basically uh, going to trying to emphasize that the protocol is uh, more blockchain agnostic uh, and and uh, essentially what they're trying to do over here essentially is that uh, they're taking the existing it system so so the origin trail uh, does not actually create their own rfid technology or rfid they don't even go into that what they're saying essentially is that uh, you know supply chains have existing systems uh, software systems and data silos and uh, the origin trail proto- protocol is focused on uh, interoperability between these it systems right so it enables the automatic data connection and inter- interoperability between it systems of different stakeholders in multi organization supply chains and uh, data consensus is used so uh, they uh, the way in which they plan to do this interoperability is by building upon a globally recognized gs1 standard for master data and uh, gs1 essentially stands for global standards and uh, it's a uh, european uh, union standard uh, for uh, just transaction data and master data so descriptive attributes for products transaction data is uh, the uh, transactions between multiple businesses so business relations and visibility data which is essentially related to tracing and tracking right so uh, all of these standards basically they want to build upon and uh, the data from the different it systems would be transformed into this particular standard so that the protocol can then take full advantage uh, of the blockchain uh, and then start achieve uh, alignment data alignment and consensus so one key concern uh, that uh, obviously we touched upon earlier also is the level of distrust between companies right so why 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 is this data fragmented and data siloed it's not purely a technical solution also is because the people don't these companies don't want to release their data into a central centralized uh, system because they fear that okay their uh, competitive edge is lost so uh, origin trail uh, to address this particular challenge origin trail is uh, has introduced uh, is looking into adding zero knowledge proofs of this data and then kind of encrypting the data itself and then using the proof uh, in a way in on the blockchain in a way to uh, expose the uh, attributes or the proof of the attributes of the data without exposing sensitive information that the company would not want to uh, expose right so uh, the consensus check you know is basically it creates a chain of accountability by mutual approval of the stakeholders 
and then uh, a dynamic batch a batch is created and then the sensitive data is protected by a zero knowledge proof and then the matched uh, the data is basically matched across the multiple stakeholders and then approved and added into the blockchain layer uh, then obviously the other aspect of this is uh, you know uh, the audit and the regulatory bodies right when I, we talked about supply chains being global and uh, the involvement of various regulatory bodies and auditing auditing mechanisms uh, so origin trail basically offers uh, visibility into and proof of this particular data uh, to auditory and regulatory uh, bodies in a simplified manner so that uh, companies can reduce the cost of uh, their regulatory uh, compliance uh, and uh, audit uh, requirements so yeah so that's 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 kind of like uh, where uh, uh, origin trail is kind of focusing on and uh, I found it kind of it's a little different from the uh, approach that we chain and we chain Thor and Walton chain are looking at because they're trying to integrate with the existing uh, systems out there Whereas VeChain Thor or Walton Chain are essentially kind of creating an alternate system uh, around uh, di directly from end to end, right? Right. Great. So I think that that covers uh, pretty well, you know, the various different kinds of projects, you know, in this space that are uh, approaching the various use cases in supply chain management. Uh, VeChain Thor, Walton Chain, Origin Trail, you know, they're, they're all pretty... Uh, they have their own nation, you know, they're, they're all working on tackling different kinds of problems in the same ecosystem. So with that, I think uh, we can move on to looking at some of the shortcomings and perhaps some risks of using blockchain in logistics and supply chain management. Nikhil, do you want to touch on that? Right. So if you look at this, uh, uh, we, we kind of touched on a few of these earlier as well. So uh, enterprises typically... Uh, when they look at the supply chain, uh, they regard supply chains as a competitive advantage, right? It's one of the key things of a lot of enterprises is that how they source their uh, how they source their supply materials, raw materials, and how efficiently they can convert that into the manufactured uh, good or product, and that how efficiently they can then distribute it, right? So that's 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 a that's kind of like a core. Uh, uh, a core process for that particular uh, uh, enterprise. So obviously one challenge that uh, we face essentially is that if you look into a particular domain, uh, the competitive folks in that particular domain, the various uh, competitors in that domain are uh, loath to give their data out or even perceive uh, be perceived to be giving their data out because that might uh, change the uh, affect market sentiment and you know reduce their stock prices as well so uh, there's a lot of distrust and paranoia that needs to be overcome and uh, you know consortiums are one way of doing it uh, uh, but it is slow going and uh, you know even uh, with all the announcements that are out there uh, one thing I've noticed is that you know actually on the ground uh, there is uh, not many uh, implementations of this. In fact, I have uh, uh, even the IBM Maersk uh, or even the uh, Walmart China 
is mostly in piloting or, product, uh, or prototype stages. Uh, and they, uh, this is basically probably only towards the end of the year we can actually, we'll actually see maybe the first indications of a few uh, instances where uh, supply chain uh, is, uh, has been integrated with the blockchain. Now, uh, another uh, interesting uh, aspect of this is that, you know, uh, there are a lot of uh, private blockchain solutions. Most of these enterprises, uh, when because of that particular uh, challenge that they have with uh, the exposure of data, uh, regard you know public blockchains like Ethereum or Bitcoin, which are kind of open-ended and anybody could join, they are regarded with suspicion because there's no control over who can join and who can see the data, right? So they tend to go with uh, private blockchains or limited consortium driven blockchains and uh, usually the uh, and this this is basically the uh, area or the domain where you know uh, the hyperledger foundation and the hyperledger set of projects uh, kind of uh, uh, are targeted towards and so so that's that's essentially one of the uh, uh, areas where uh, one of the softwares that uh, these uh, companies are really uh, looking at and adopting in a big way and uh, we what we should expect to see is a lot of uh, these kind of uh, I wouldn't actually call them blockchains more like distributed ledger technologies right uh, uh, being utilized and uh, from the perspective of uh, you know uh, cost scalability and performance uh, as uh, layer 2 solutions start coming around the corner uh, i can see you know the uh, uh, i can i can probably extrapolate and see how uh, how that is going to actually affect this because a lot of the uh, challenges around scale uh, will be addressed. Uh, you'd have uh, the possibility to create side chains like you do with Plasma, and again, that 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 allows you to create this uh, kind of uh, internal or controlled uh, cordon off a portion of your blockchain and uh, keep it uh, private. Yet at the same time, be able to leverage the advantages of a public blockchain. Uh, with the advent of Cosmos, uh, you get the perspective that, okay, even if you are joining one particular consortium uh, or uh, one particular thing, there is still a chance to interoperate uh, between multiple blockchains. So all of this is coming down and uh, it can only be uh, beneficial for the uh, use of uh, blockchains in supply chain and in, into the entry of blockchains into the enterprise. Um, so these these basically are uh, some of the uh, challenges and opportunities that I see with uh, blockchain in SCM right now. Uh, again, uh, you know, sometimes when I when I think about this technology uh, that is being the or rather the uh, the term blockchain when it is used in this, especially in this particular context, uh, you know. I feel that you know some of these solutions are not technically block blockchains because one of the core 
if you if you if you take blockchains as decentralized public uh, networks right uh, then some of the uh, directions that are being taken by these enterprises and these uh, startups uh, are kind of not in that particular uh, direction right so they they would not qualify so uh, i think a better way of describing these would be like distributed ledger technologies which is what hyperledger calls itself right now hyperledger uh, is is uh, describes itself as a distributed ledger technology with consensus modular consensus built on top and uh, and you know uh, you you have the skeptics on the other side saying that you know why do you need a blockchain for uh, a consortium of two or three people or a consortium that is being driven by a huge player like Maersk and IBM or uh, Walmart and IBM when uh, obviously they have the uh, you know political muscle to basically coerce the rest of the uh, rest of their uh, suppliers and vendors and everybody in their supply chain to follow whatever standard that they 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 set so why why create a blockchain you just need a uh distributed database or uh, maybe even a cloud solution right so those are all kind of questions that come up and uh, which don't have good answers and uh, hopefully you know uh, we'll need to figure out and work through before you know we can really see the right place where blockchains are applied and the uh, the right use cases which really bring out the value of blockchains All right folks that concludes our podcast we hope that you found this episode on blockchains logistics and supply chain management useful you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes Google Play uh, Spotify or MyTuner Radio also you can learn more about us on bcdialogues.com thanks again for joining see you next time